Hey, Ordinary Faith and whoever else might be out there checking us out today. Uh, no telling how uh, you feel right now. The ranges of emotions are probably vast. Uh, I'm kind of feeling like Tom Hanks in that movie Castaway. I uh, I want to grab a basketball and have somebody to talk to, but, but then my wife would get jealous, of course, so that's not a, a good idea. But the plus side to that is I would ask the basketball, hey, uh, what are we going to do today? We would fight. I'd throw the basketball into the ocean, and then I'd have to go swim for my friend. So we can all see me doing something like that. Of course, things have changed. Who knew that we were going to be facing... I think they're calling it the toilet paper Armageddon now. Quite uh, quite an expression, hashtag toilet paper Armageddon. So if you want to uh, do some posts and memes about that, that sounds like it's pretty popular. Who knew that we were going to be facing this even a month and a half ago, that it was going to get like it is. But here it is, and we're doing church online, and we're, we're praying for people. You and I, we're contacting people, seeing how our friends are doing, seeing how people that we know that attend our church are doing. And we need to keep that up. And I know it, it, I don't know how long we will be doing church like this. I, I hope it's not for an extended period of time, but I have no idea. And so uh, let's, uh, let's pull together. Let's work with each other, pray for each other, pray for our community, pray for our leadership and uh, try not to go stir crazy talking to your basketball or toilet paper roll or or whatever you might be doing out there, okay? So let's dive into our idea that we want to tackle the next week or two. I've changed series. I've jumped off of the Man of God series. I'd like to do that one in person. And we're doing a series, I'm starting a series today called Repeat After Me. And I want us to start learning in this, this is an ideal time to embrace this, how to say the things that God says. And so today I want to talk about saying the same things that God says about today. Let's learn how to do that. And that's the title of the message. Learn how to say the same things about today that God says. And so we're going to jump in and think about uh, things differently than we have. It's a great thing about being a Christian is that God is transforming our minds. That means he's changing the way that we think. And we're starting to look at things differently. And, and we're beginning to understand that our circumstances, although they're valid for sure, I mean, they're real. I'm not saying that they're not real. Now, I have often said that they're a lie, that they're not telling us the truth. But I'm not trying to imply that they don't affect us, that they don't somehow limit us. That's true. Our circumstances have a great deal to do with the things we experience in our physical life. But our circumstances don't have to have that much to do with the way we think, with our faith, for sure, with our concepts of God. In fact, our circumstances, if they are difficult, can help enlarge our faith and enlarge our concept of God. So that's what we want to do today. We want to learn from the scripture, from the Bible, how Christians and believers of the past have looked at their circumstances and what they've done about them. So let's start with the idea that in the Bible, there are a lot of stories about people who said what God said and not necessarily rehearsed their circumstances and all the negativity and the bad things that were part of their circumstances. Let's start with Father Abraham. When I say that, it probably reminds you of the song and might even make you a little bit dizzy when I do. But let me share with you this passage in Romans. Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, 
He figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and this brought glory to God. You know, Abraham chose to live his life in a way that he um, believed God's promises over his circumstances. If all he had to look at were circumstances, there was like no reason at all for Abraham to believe what God had said. But the thing is, he had met God. God had spoken to him. God had come to him. He had an experience, an encounter. And that encounter was so vivid and so real to Abraham that it drove his faith deep. And in that deep faith, no matter what his circumstances declared, Abraham knew that God was good for whatever God said God would do. And so Abraham held on. Now, he's like the first one that, that had faith. He was justified by faith, Paul teaches us in Romans. And so he lays a precedent for all of us to, to stop rehearsing our, our negative circumstances, but to start embracing the promise of God. Now, he, he wasn't the only one to do that. Gideon, Gideon stood up for God. He had no reason to win. He ends up going to battle, 300 guys against a half a million. And, and he believes God instead of his circumstances. Sure, God had to do the fleece thing or he got it wet and dry and so forth. And, and he, he gave him a, a, a trip, a sneak trip down to the Midian camp to hear a, a guy's nightmare. But still, God reinforced his faith. And um, Gideon won a victory. David, we just talked about David a couple of weeks ago. And in, this, and in the moment where he's fighting Goliath, David doesn't go on the battlefield and start whining about how unfair it is that he has to find a giant. He starts declaring God's promise and God's goodness and God's, God's reign over the scenario. And he tells Goliath that he's about to be killed. He has no hope. Nobody believes David when he starts telling Goliath he's about to go down. But that's exactly what happened. Now, my favorite's Jehoshaphat. I mean, that's a king. By the way, if you're looking for names for a kid, Don't ever forget Jehoshaphat. I've never met a Jehoshaphat. When I do, they will be my best friend. Just saying. But King Jehoshaphat was uh, surrounded by an enemy. An enemy that they had had mercy on before. An enemy that they'd been kind to. And now that enemy had come back and wanted to kill Israel. Wipe them off the face of the earth. Well, they go to God. And in going to God, God said to them, I got this. Don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of your enemies. So the next day they go out to battle and, and God is telling them, you won't have to do anything. You won't have to fight. So do you know what Jehoshaphat does? Rather than rehearse the circumstances, rather than review how bad this thing looks, he orders the worship team to the front of the battle and tells them to start praising God for something that God hasn't done yet. Now that's awesome. That's fantastic. So that's, those are some great lessons for us to realize that the Bible is filled with, of stories. It's filled with stories of men and women, even children, who stood up and believed God regardless of their trials, regardless of their tribulations, no matter how bad it looked, they believed God more than their problems. So what can we do with that? How can we take these, man... Amazing Bible stories. And I know if your faith is weak or you're new to the faith, you might hear those stories and declare them unbelievable, say they didn't happen. But when you come to faith in Christ, you're going to know the Word is true. The Bible's true. And so what do we do with these things that happened as they're recorded in Scriptures? Uh, what are we supposed to do with that? Well, first of all, 
we got to be honest about the nasty now and now. You know, that's one of the problems I've had with uh, things that have been said from church pulpits and in church writings for, you know, many years. You know, to they, they kind of encourage us to ignore what's going on, to pretend like it doesn't matter. Well, that's not going to be okay, and all that's actually going to do is hurt your faith. So it's okay to look at the circumstances and say, these are, these exist, I don't like this. It's okay to process that with somebody, to, to have your, your close friend or two, but not 15 or 20, <laughs> your close friend or two, and say, hey, this is what's going on. I don't like going through this. This is a challenge for me. You know, that's, that's what friendships and relationships are for. God provides people in our life to support us and hold us up while we're working through our weaknesses in the midst of difficult circumstances. So, so that's okay. You've got to also remember there are a lot of people in the Bible who died without receiving God's promises. Now, I'm going to read you a passage about that later. But it's, it's good to know that there are a lot of people who, who, who were waiting on God, who were expecting God to work, but they allowed God to work on his time frame. Their faith was strong enough that they could, they could let, like you can do that, I know, they could let God move in his own time frame. They trusted that God knew better than they did. And so in doing that, they could endure those difficult circumstances with hope. Hope that God would come for them, one way or the other. Maybe, maybe they would get sick and die. You know, the early Christians ministered to a lot of people enduring plagues. Maybe they would get sick and die. And what would happen then? Well, Jesus said, if you believe in me, you'll never see death. And so they knew that if something happened to them, it was going to be okay for their soul. They were going to be fine. But also, they, they believed God so much that they had room in their faith that the blessing of God could come to someone else. They were waiting, and in their mind, they were waiting for a blessing that their children or their descendants might enjoy, not just them. And so I think that's a wonderful idea. Yes, be honest about your circumstances. But don't allow circumstances the power of authority and influence over your spirit and over your heart. You don't make decisions based on your circumstances. You make decisions based on God's promises. Write that down. Remember that. We don't make decisions based on the difficulty of our circumstances. We make decisions based upon the promises of God. And, and, and if you're sitting there going, well, I don't know God's promises. Hey, now we've got a lot of time at home to figure that out, to start learning what are the promises of God. And I'm going to give you some, some things that God says about today in this message. But first, I want to begin with that reality. Come on. It's okay to look at those circumstances and be honest about them. To say they stink. But don't keep rehearsing it. Don't keep going back over it. Instead, turn to God. If you want to rehearse something, rehearse the promises. For we live by believing and not by seeing. You see, that's, that's the word of God. We live by believing, by trusting God's promises, resting in God's word. Listen to this passage out of Hebrews. I think it's incredibly encouraging. And it talks about some of the people we've already mentioned. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, 
Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle, put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. Wow, what a heritage of faith we have. And what does that mean? How do I take this kind of text, this one and the one that says, we live by believing, not by seeing, how do I take that and, and make that work, fit my problems for today? Well, it's, it's pretty simple. You've got to put your circumstances in context and in, per, in the right perspective with your God who sits in the throne room, mission control of the universe, knows every moment of time from the first to the last, knows every circumstance, every thought, every individual, every word that would be spoken, every terrible thing that would happen, every wonderful thing that would ever ever happen. God knows all of that. And He's the one who sits on the throne. And He's the one who knows your trials right now. He is not ignorant. He is not careless. He's not somewhere sitting back watching a football game. I mean, it's season's over anyway, right? He's, he's not doing that. He's intimately, constantly, unwaveringly involved in your life. And this set of circumstances right now, you've got to put in perspective of the kingdom of heaven, of the throne room of God. God, is, God has got this. He's got you. He's got your family. Everything is, work, is going to work out to the most good, to the most people coming to faith, to the most goodness displayed on our planet. Uh, and so put it in perspective and realize that even though this virus, uh, the overreaches of government, the uh, decisions that were intended for the best and had negative implications, all of that, God saw it all coming. And God is moving. God is working uh, even though I can't see it, even though I can't feel it as the song goes, he's working these things out for good, 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 because that's all he is, is good. He doesn't know how to be anything but good. <laughs> we are we're in a good place. We're always in a good place. We're never not going to be in a good place. When Paul was in jail and, and imprisoned for his faith, that was a good place. When Martin Luther was suffering for bringing the scriptures back to the people, that was a good place. And Christians throughout history that have endured difficult times, wars, the Holocaust, uh, plagues, they were always in a good place. They knew their father had them. They may have even laid down their lives for their country, for the cause, for the sick and the dying. But in doing so, they knew they were fine. They had this life in the right perspective. And they were able to speak hope into every situation that they ministered to. And that brings us to our next thought. Let's learn to say what God is saying to the world. Let's not just get lost in our problems, but let's learn to say what God's saying. What's God saying? Glad you ask. I didn't get to do that with all of us together. It's, it's still funny to me. But here's what God's saying. How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him 
if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Romans 10.17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. You know, there is good news. And God's children speak the good news. That's what we're here to do. We're preachers, proclaimers of the great, amazing, incredible message that God loves people, that God's good, that Jesus Christ died on a cross for their sins, and that when they declare him Lord of their lives and believe in their heart that, that Jesus is, is everything God says he is, they're saved, and their lives are forever changed, and their souls are forever saved. And so if, if we can learn to say what God says about situations from the gospel for sure, but you can never forget this. Don't forget this. You're not going to forget this, are you? That God is saying something all the time. That God has something to say about today. Rock Springs, Wyoming. At Ordinary Faith. Green River, Wyoming. Through the, the body of Christ there too. God has something to say. And it's good news. And no one's going to hear it if God's people don't speak it. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. I want you to hear out of the verse, there's a lot there that could be taught on, but I want you to hear this. God is speaking. God is saying something right now to you and to me, through you and through me. Yes, in his word, but also from the throne room, God is speaking. He is a talker. He spoke the universe into existence. It's through his word that we are saved, that we have faith. And so we need people to take this concept on of, hey, it's time to just stop just rehearsing the negative. It's time to start declaring stuff God is saying right now. Things that God has said from his word. We're going to get into some of that. Things that God is saying and they're based on his word and they're rooted in his word. And that's what I want to encourage you to do in your life, in your family, your workplace, whatever you get to do for the king, Whatever I get to do for the king right now, let us be focused. Let us be honing in on what's God's word here. What's God trying to say in this grocery store, in Walmart? What's God trying to say? So let's take a minute and think about the things that the Bible declares about today. Let's just straight out of scripture. Nothing fancy. We might get a little bit more fancy, but just simple. What does the Bible say? The word of God say about today. How about this? 2 Corinthians 6 2. Today is the day of salvation. Today. Today's the day to be saved. Now, does that mean that this is the day for anyone who doesn't trust in Christ to start trusting in Him and make Him Lord of their life? Well, of course. But does it also mean that today's the day to be saved from your fear? The day to be saved from your depression? The day to be saved from your aloneness? A day to be saved from your financial troubles? It, could it also mean that salvation, that God is a saving God, and he really doesn't discriminate as to what needs the saving situation needs to be? That's my belief. 
I believe that God is a saving God. Your circumstances, uh, it, it doesn't have to be a specific set of circumstances. God's looking for somebody who needs to be saved and who wants to call out to God. So today, today's the day of salvation. Hebrews 4 teaches us that today's the day of rest. Today's the day to enter God's rest. And so, I don't know about you, but I get tired. I get tired a lot. And when I get tired, I, I have to remember, this is why I love Hebrews 4 so much. It's a, it's a chapter on entering into God's rest and ceasing from my own striving, which I am very good at striving. And so today's a day of rest, straight out of the Word of God. Hebrews 4, today's the day to enter God's rest. Also, Philippians 4, 4 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 tell us, today's the day of joy. Today is the day to have joy, to express joy, to do some rejoicing. Now, if you're waiting on circumstances to improve so you can rejoice, you might be waiting a while. And God might want you to pre-rejoice. <laughs> he might want you to start praising Him for stuff He hasn't done yet. He, he would enjoy that. Have you... Have you ever thought about things that God might enjoy in your life? And what if you began to live your life like, I wonder what God would enjoy? Well, I'll tell you what he would enjoy today. He would enjoy you and me. I'm not just pointing my finger at you. Michael's got issues. He would enjoy you and me rejoicing today. Rejoicing like this is the best day that could ever be and that has ever been. Today is a day of rejoicing, Philippians 4, 1 Thessalonians 5. The next two come out of 1 Thessalonians 5. Today is a day to pray. Oh, yeah, a day to go into the throne room, a, a, a day to enter where Papa is and talk to him and work out the issues that the world's going through, work through my feelings of those things. Today's a day for that, man. And today's a day for Thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. We are so blessed. You know, and unless you're facing really hard times right now, and if you are, you need to let us know. 307-224-4404. Send us a text or, or call, and we'll get you some help if there's any way that we can. But most are out there today, and they have food. They have clothes. They're able to relax. Uh, this this sheltering at home thing, for many, is 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 a break. From the chaos of life. And, and if I could be so bold, so this is Michael Maynard's opinion, I, I think it's one we needed. I think we need to shut down the, the chaos of our lives and our schedules and breathe and, and, and praise and worship and love our families and love our wives and husbands and, and just kind of gather our chicks, moms and dads and grandparents, and hold them close and thank God for this privilege of life, this privilege of parenting, of pastoring, of serving, of working, of leading a business, whatever it is you do. It's a great time to be thankful for those things. Today's the day. Now that's straight out of Scripture, man, right out of the Word of God, out of Corinthians, Hebrews, Thessalonians, and Philippians. But there are some other things we could declare over the day. My prayers are powerful and effective. James 5.16 God richly supplies all my needs. Philippians 4.19 I'm dead to sin and alive to live supernaturally. I'm alive to live powerfully in God's power. Romans 6.11 and 2 Peter 1.4 I live under God's divine and supernatural protection. I consistently, we have the ability to consistently bring God encounters to people. Mark 16, 17 through 18. And how about this one? Because of Jesus and through Jesus, 
We are 100% loved and worthy to receive all of God's blessings. Colossians 1, 12-14. The Bible has so many great and amazing things to say. There's like no reason to be freaking out. It may be difficult. I'm not saying there won't be trials. And I, I know what it's like to not really get what God's doing. Like, God, why can't you do this a little faster? But i got to remind myself that God's in control. God has a plan. God knows what I could never know. He understands things that I couldn't even learn. And so let me share with you this passage that kind of puts this in perspective and might help us take a longer view. It's right back in Hebrews. It's the passage right after all those great things we just mentioned. Those uh, Gideon and Daniel and their courageous exploits. And then it goes on to say, and this is the, the not happy part of Hebrews 11. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. Others were killed with a sword. Some went about wearing sheeps of skin and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us, so that they would not reach perfection without us. What we're going through today might not be for us. It might not be about us. Sure, it might be. And I know that there's that old guilt and shame nature that many of us carry that that looks at every trial like God is mad. Well, God's not mad. He paid a heavy price to not be mad at you. As a believer, He paid a heavy price to cover your sins and your weaknesses, all of them, all of them, forever, past, forever, future, all of them covered. God's not mad at you. But what we're going through may be for someone else. It might be for our kids or grandkids. It might be for people who don't yet know Christ. I don't know. I don't know God's plan. I can't even pretend to understand God's plan sometimes. But here's what I do know. You can't take that American concept of success and 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 goodness i guess even and think that because you're not experiencing that or you're going through hard times that god doesn't love you that that doesn't make sense at all no what we need to learn to do is to look at god and his goodness look at what he's done on the cross through jesus christ look at the resurrection the ascension look at the holy spirit coming back and realize God has proven beyond the shadow of a doubt that he is good and that he is for us. He is for us and nothing can ever come against us. And we need to stop doubting our faith and doubting God just because our circumstances don't make sense to us. And rather, we need to trust God and we need to look forward to what God's going to do and that he's going to take our suffering, uh, the things that we have to go through, and with those, he's going to plant those with his power and out of those is going to come some kind of harvest you can't even imagine. You can't even hope to understand. And so let us not be afraid. Let us stop rehearsing the negative. Let, let's stop with the, the down and out and so forth. And maybe that's not you at all. And maybe we're just in beginning this process, and maybe we're early in how things will go. But I want to encourage you to start looking 
to God and start living by his promises or to continue to do that. God's faithful. He is not going to let us down. In fact, what he's going to do through this situation right now, I promise you, is going to blow our minds. One day we are going to stand together praising the Lord together here on earth or in heaven. I don't know. It could be a worship service here or a prayer meeting here. It could be in the throne rooms of heaven. I don't know. But we are going to stand together in awe thinking about how God took this situation, this one right here that we're going through, and he worked out power and saved lives and turned things around and work things so that when Jesus came back, more and more people were saved and more and more people were changed. So be excited. Rejoice. Declare over today what God is declaring over today. Today's a day of rejoicing. Today's a day of thanksgiving. Today's a day of prayer. In this day, my prayers are effective. In this day, God is watching over me. He accepts me and blesses me with everything in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Bless God. So let's start saying what God says about today. Have an amazing Sunday. Enjoy your family. Enjoy what friends that you're able to connect with. And I'll see you soon.